Good evening, everyone. We are in a hotel room shaped pod tonight, so we've got a couple of beds to sit on, very relaxed. Ben's got the only chair in the room, um, and there are a number of people with us. So tonight we are joined by Ben the Bass, Tom the Tank, oh no, Tom, Tank Tom, Tom the Tank, Tom the Bass, loads of tanks, Tommy's Tank, and What's the Majig was I think we'll have to call you, won't we? Um, first appearance on the podcast, Dan. Nice to have you. Thank you. Good. Um, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll add something more than that, maybe. So, we are halfway through our Warhammer Fest uh, extravaganza, and so tonight we're going to bring you a calm, well thought out, reasonable <laughs> review of the things we've seen. No, that's not true. So, we are very excited. So, as normal, we will do the hobby desk. Ben has some um, horrendous lies to tell about how he got on in games against me. Um, then we'll go into the Galaxy of War, um, where some very... It's, it's a micro-Galaxy of War, I suppose, in some ways. Adeptus Titanicus has been reviewed in bloody August! And, um, so, sorry, yeah, so that's coming out to be talked about. The Mortal Realms, and there's some news about maybe a new edition of Age of Sigmar, perhaps. Um, so we'll talk about that as well. Into the, uh, into the community, well, Ben will do the rundown of all the cool events that he has put on to the computer because I still haven't worked out how to do it, honest. Uh, and lastly, Into the Wilds, an awesome card game um, that I actually won, so that's definitely got to be purchased. So, that's everything? That's everything. Good. So, thank you for joining us. Um, it's going to be quite emotional, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> so, we will go on to the hobby desk. Hi guys! Wait, uh, wait, wait. Well, it's been pointed out that I forgot to say, grab some refreshments. It's a bit late. And they, no, it's not late. It's These a people, guys, you've actually interrupted me and I haven't even said <laughs> yeah, But if people are going to listen to you talking, they need some caffeine. So, give them a chance. Where do you go from there? <laughs> <laughs> so, Hobby Desk. Um, we've got a fair few things to talk about. There's a Four or five of us in the room, so we're going to give everyone a shot. Um, I think we ought to start with Ben and his Golden Demon entry. I think that sounds like a pretty good place to start. <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh, that's your work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we spoke about it last time I was on the podcast briefly. He said the hobby plans was going to be to have a go at entering Golden Demon. And it's gone in today. It's sitting on the shelf in the cabinet with a few other entries. I'm sure lots more will arrive tomorrow. Yeah. Spent the last bits and pieces, the last six weeks on it. And stay up till three o'clock last night and want to get it finished before we drove up here. <laughs> it looks yeah. amazing though. It, it totally fits on the cabinet. Yeah. Well up there with the standard, I think, personally. Yeah, the aim was to not be embarrassed by putting it in there. Like, that's, don't want to, yeah. I'm happy it's finished. Definitely. I don't really? know if I'm going to be doing it again. We'll see what happens. But I'd love, the aim would be, it'd be amazing if I could get a finest pen out of it. I'd be properly chuffed at that. That would that would be. I don't think it deserves a final spin. We're looking at the ones that are there. It's certainly up there with in that kind of area. Um, considering you're Ben the base, it has absolutely got a stunning base. It is <laughs> it's awesome. the funniest bit to do. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest. Yeah, it's um, it's used all sorts of stuff on that. 
And the trees on it, did you, did you paint them or did you just leave no, them? No, no, leave them. If you find ones that look, um, look good enough real, leave them like it. Because I got, when did I pick them off? End of winter, so they still had um, kind of all the growths on it from yeah. over the winter months. Yeah, just added a little bit of snow flock onto it. You had to do anything to that to stop it, like... I dried them out, so I normally stick them in the oven. Right. Do you freeze them too? Because some people do that. I haven't heard about that, because it... I don't know, maybe a time of year it was anyway, because I took them out from freezing cold outside, so... But, no, I just stick them in the oven and make sure they're dried out. Just, so there's just no moisture left in them. That's it. Mm-hmm. Makes the room smell funny. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my green wash smells like herbs from what I washed them. It really freaks me out every time we Yeah, I remember um, we did that in the shop once. We told someone who wanted to have easy leaf litter and we did that and the whole shop stamped it for a week. <laughs> but my whole, my whole walk box smells like herbs. So. But to make sure you get some pictures yeah, for the show notes. Well, yeah, definitely. Because um, it, is, it is really remarkable. I think it's great. Uh, I think, for me, it presents a model perfectly. It's, it's a, you know, the whole base, it, it really is really good at framing the model. Aces. So who's next? Tom bought an, a flipping super heavy oh, beast. The biggest, super heavy. Yeah. Cannot wait. Just got to smash through these fulminators, clear the painting desk, and crack on. Smash What's through your, the um, Just like my boots did. Mush, mush, bash the They were having a good day until they came up against those brutes. Just like my liberators were having a good day. Because how many toes did you did it take you to get through the brutes? Uh, the liberators even? Oh, you didn't. So yeah, gonna paint them up for one back. Uh Blood Angels and I cannot wait. So it's a big chunk of resin, so how do you find working with resin? Uh I usually just get used to it, Dan. Because it <laughs> really irritates me. Super gluing. You've done machine. loads of the tanks and stuff, isn't no, it? No, I have. Um no, it's just like I don't mind it, it's just washing it and prepping it. When you get past that stage, it's you know straightforward, but oh, it's yeah, just a fact. Yeah, it can be a massive fact doing it, but it's actually, a big old beast as well. Big old beastie. I've not even opened the box yet, so I don't know all of the different parts. It's so like interesting. On the cabinets today, it's one of the few things that takes up a whole shelf. There's, like, there's yeah. nothing else on the yeah. display shelf, <laughs> and it's really unique. It's like very it. unique. Yeah, there's nothing like it out there, is there? Which is something I think the Forge World are doing a lot more nowadays. Like the Sisters of Silence transport and, and that. Mm-hmm. They're, just, they're, they're going right outside of the box and, and to the sort of limits of what... Using the same design keys, you can see bits of everything in, in that. I can't remember the name of it. It's which is no surprise, really. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I would be pretty nervous to tap in. I think. Oh, you just, bit by bit, is the best way to handle anything from Forge World. Bit by bit, keep glossing, you know, and just make sure. So if you scrubbed it once and you think it needs another scrub, scrub it again, and then just to make sure, scrub it a third time. Because there is nothing worse than trying to do a stripe where you haven't scrubbed it enough. You pull the the the, the tape off, and half your bottle, half the paint comes off with it. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, that will make yeah. you cry. Yeah, we've done that before. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I always cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, what else on the hobby desk? 
Did you full maze it? Yeah, I think it's the fancy models did. Uh, well, first age of Sigmar models in since the release of the game. No, they're not. I Iron Jewels. I did my candy red Iron Jewels with uh, Tamiya Clears. I did. Oh, it's amazing! I've discovered the um, Vallejo Game Air metals. Yeah, I've gone really bright and then a real light coat of Tamiya red. Oh, yeah. Spiking. <laughs> Spiking. I was really happy then. Awesome. <coughs> I think um I think your um formula is looking awesome. Oh, thank you. Nice okay. bright colours. That was the plan. We can pop. <laughs> Keep it bright. Which is certainly exactly opposite of how I paint really. You've gone dark, though. Yeah. You but you you paint to match my soul. Everything's dark. <laughs> No one's going to believe that. <laughs> Except for me. But, but I, like, I like painting. I like, I like having a realistic style. So when Necromunda is probably my perfect medium because I love that kind of grungy look to it. I find my Escher probably... But we're outside of that box, I think, a little bit because they were a lot cleaner than I would consider painting Necromunda model. Whereas with the guy, I went straight back to just grunging them up with lots of grub. Um, didn't even highlight the blue paints on those, the, the blue plate armour on that. Just kept it with the weather in. Yeah. How about the, so I heard you painted a phoenix there. Sort of. So I worked out that I've been collecting wood elves and wanderers for 18 years on and off now. And I've never had sort of the 2000 point or 2400 point list that I wanted yeah. fully painted and completed. Until now. So that's really great to have that all done. Um, and now there's a new edition, so that will go out the window and it won't be the list that I want and I'll start again <laughs> from scratch and that'll be another 18 years. Well, with the Legends um, release, everyone's getting new rule sets, aren't they? Mm. So you might end up with a completely different Get the Fish. Well, I'm happy with it. deep kid, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. That's my joke the evening. <laughs> I did do a phoenix with a little help from my friends. Um, so Tom airbrushed it and Dan pinned it for me. With a power drill. With a power drill. <laughs> and, um, I've been getting lots of, lots of good feedback from it. A couple of people came up to the table today and said they really liked it when I was playing. Um, and of course I took all the credit. Okay, absolutely. Um, absolutely. <laughs> it's a lovely centerpiece. Though, and it's nice for you because so much of your army is infantry, yeah. mm. um, which, which looks lovely. Um, however, you know, the game it has got a lot of big miniatures in it now. And that's one of the driving things for me. Well, that's exactly one. what I wanted. So that's why yeah. it's on the on the tree. And I've done a bit more Variable for the base scale, just to make it a bit... And it's, it's, it stands a bit higher than the normal Phoenix as well. It? it just has a bit, bit more presence. I think, um, luckily, I think Dan's got about 15 foot of flying stand rod. So I could have had it <laughs> as, as high as I wanted. But why have you got that? Well, when I... Was this a project that you were going to... What happened was... <laughs> <laughs> my friend Denzel Pember... No. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I... <laughs> when I was getting into to Drop Zone Commander, um, I decided, because in that game, things are flying either two inches or six inches, yeah. and you move between them as part of the game mechanic. Yeah. And I decided I wanted to have everything have two different flying humps, two and six. 
So I got loads of Hawk widgets, which I fell in love with. And then I just, I looked up on the internet to buy some longer lengths of flying rod. And all like Litco and all those companies, it was quite expensive. And I thought, well, surely you could just buy acrylic rod. So I went onto eBay and the next thing that happened is 10 metres of it turned up at my house. <laughs> <laughs> so I have enough. <laughs> <laughs> Three mil acrylic rod. So if anybody needs any three mil acrylic rod for any projects, just message us. You've definitely learnt your lesson over the last few years as well, haven't you? Oh, what? just the bark. The bark. The bark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a whole bag of garden bark. Do you actually read the scopes? Oh, and the other bark, yeah. Well, who knows how much... That was because that bar <laughs> you ordered by weight, and I'm like, well, how much does this bar weigh? I don't want to order a little bit and then be like, oh, I've got to order some more. So I naturally two kilos. And it turns out that's a lot of bark. <laughs> Where have you put it all? Uh, so it's in the shed, like in a in a in a bin box, like a, one of those great big weedy sealed boxes. Dan borrowed some of my bark the other day. Yeah, there's a bit of bark on my base. You've got to be well stocked when you've got like hobbyists around. So about five, gra- five grams gone now, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. take another 50 years to get through. Yeah, well... Biodegrade by there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how about yourself, then? What have you been working on? <sighs> Love orcs. Still. Still. <laughs> 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 no, so um, I've been away this week, so I haven't done any painting this last week. But I am still working on Blood Bowl So I've got their skin, the metal, and all their like teeth and eyes and stuff to do, um, and transfers. And I am going to do, I wasn't, but I'm, I pretty much decided I'm going to do a little bit of chipping on the armor. Just so, so hang on, just to clarify, the metal isn't their armor. No, the metal is Because like if it's their... the skin, the teeth, and the metal, the metal is the armor, that's the whole model. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. It's all right. So metal trim and stuff. So that needs to But to be honest, I I hate them. Like, I love them when they're done and they look nice, but they're like, oh, I hate them. They're taking such a long sit time. Sit there and stare Every at time them. I come round, they're just on the painting table. They're just <laughs> sat there. there. Like, so, on the hobby desk. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they need to get done. Um, but they will get done soon. They need to be done by August, definitely. Um, well ahead of that, really, because I need to get some more chaos stuff. Because I, yeah, I took a load of Nurgle stuff back and got a load more corn because mm-hmm. I'm trying to branch <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of interest, when you get Titanicus, is it are they going to be red and gold, or are you going to thread the light out right out there and go for the purple and gold? I don't know. I was thinking of actually converting one with a chain axe um, in one hand, <laughs> potentially. Um, and I played played some games. That can't and be moving anything on. painted. Three weeks. It's been three weeks. Yeah, because yeah, I've done. It is. I fi- did. I finished. I think I finished the Arcanites before we spoke last. No, you were going to, weren't you? And then you put oh, that's up. right, because I said yeah, that by the next recording finished. I'd finish them and the Blood Bowl Orcs. Well, I didn't do the Blood Bowl Orcs, but I did finish the Arcanine. Yeah. So they're done. And they're really nice. And I did a new base for the Stormcast Eternal. I've got the Silver Tower. Yeah. Um, I'm quite enjoying doing the marble. I want to try something a bit different, though, because what I've noticed... So my marble is, like, white with veins in. Yeah. But what, looking around, some of the more realistic painted marble has got 
like variations in that white. Did you want to try it like I said, with the clay? No, that sounds like more effort. No, it's really like I can't do it for you. I'll show you. You'll do it for me, right? I want to try you that way. That you're it, <laughs> you can cut it up and put it on the base, but it takes half an hour to. Make it is it. quite nice, though. I like. Well, mixing up like a ball of fire. So you get yeah, so get your edge right here. Get your colours that you want. Yeah. Twist them up and put them and roll them together. Flatten out. Put it on a piece of glass perspex so you get a smooth side. Bake it for a bit and peel it off, and you get a smooth, shiny, perfect side to it. There we are. Mm. It's like having sticks of rock. Oh, so it's quite hard to get a perfect circle, but if you put a little bit of uh, like texture paint around here just to make it feel like it's sitting on dirt or something, yeah. done. There we are. Is that a question? Yeah. You can choose whatever colour you like. Yeah. It'll be red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just, be, just be red, red, red and red, and then I'll twist it all together and it'll just, just be red. Yeah, just right. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about your new t-shirt. Blood for the bird. Blood for the Blood God t-shirt that I said I would get. And a mug. I got a mug as well today at Warhammer Fest. Who did really you went crazy. Who did you see today? Oh, I saw a corn <laughs> berserker today. Guy dressed as a corn berserker. That's good as well. Yeah, yeah. That was, And the chaos, the corn chaos warrior. That yeah, was one. very good. Was and the, I thought the... Oh, Death, Death Company guy was really good as well. Well, they're all cool. I didn't get enough... That's the first time I've seen Tau cosplay, and I didn't really get a chance to go up and have a good old look at that, because I bet that's quite hard to make. Mm. That Chaos one, the fantasy Chaos Warrior chat, that detail on that was brilliant. Yeah, it was that really was, uh, fantastic. It was really, really good. So what about you then? So I finished my Escher. Um, they're all done. Quite happy with how they turned out, actually. Lots of mistakes turned into actual decisions, like the hair ended up being lots of different shades of hair because I didn't like how the first hair turned out. Um, which I then, then think actually worked quite well across the gang. Um, and then I've done my Goliath, which went around your house, saw the Goliath I painted you on the shelf and got all nostalgic and thought, well, I want to do one like that. Went home and started painting one in yellow and I thought, no, I can't do that. It's just stupid and pathetic. So um got the first paint that came out of the box, which was... Um, David on scale green, was it? Yeah, which isn't green. No. The record is not. No, it's I'm not. sorry. It's a deep dark blue. It yeah. really isn't green. <laughs> um, I, put, I thought, and sort of had a moment, because Joe had been using it on um, a silver neck, and thought, that's not green. I'm going to paint it on the model and see what it's like, and I painted it on, I thought, oh, I really like that, actually. And that's how that turned out. <laughs> and orange trousers. And then green hair, because apparently green hair is the thing of the month for me. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm quite chuffed with how they turned out as well, actually, because... But in the, the actual reason it's green hair is quite interesting, because you used a bit of colour theory, didn't you? Well, I looked at them, and I knew that they needed to have green hair, and I got the colour theory app, or the colour wheel app, which I really like, actually, and I will share a link for, because it's free. Um, and that was the spot colour, the accent colour for the, for the sort of darky blue... And orange, the green is a spot colour, so yeah, it ends up being the right choice. Um, and that's quite an interesting one because I had two weeks to paint them on my schedule because I did that schedule, and I really made I made decisions as I was going along to speed things up and bits that I would cut out. So I haven't fine highlighted any of the leather. I've just sort of taken it up to a level and then done them with the edge highlighting because I thought, well, I have only got 
Thursday, this Thursday, to do them, uh, to finish them off, and they weren't going to get done if I did that. So, And then actually, when I finished them, I put them on the shelf and said, that's done. I was happy with them. So, right, got an interesting sort of circle completed with that timetable. Mm-hmm. Do any of you guys use timetables, or is it just me? No, don't. To try and get things, yeah. yeah. You've got a two-week one, haven't you? How's it? Oh, I thought you had the next eight years planned. Yeah, you've got <laughs> I worked cool. out that based on, a two, cool. yeah, based on a two-week schedule, I had three years' worth yeah. to, to work through. Um, yeah, I... What would you say was two weeks' worth for you? Well, the problem I'm having is that, I, that I, I'm struggling to get any kind of um, consistency to paint in time. Yeah. Some weeks I can get few hours some weeks I can get none mm. or what I'm having to do is give up gaming time to do painting time yeah um to get one game game night I like I, I was pretty regularly doing Wednesday nights gaming um but then I wasn't getting anything painted it's just tough I just at the moment it's just like I'm sure lots of people listening will will understand this like we've said before we, we talk a lot about family aspect yeah. and I'm just it's just really tough to fit it in around having Joshua and Harriet and work. Yeah. It's it's finding the time. So big big change that I've made has been to take my painting inside on the kitchen table and have stuff for the kids to paint. Yeah, so then into family time. So Joshua would, would just paint the kitchen table. Yeah, he would I haven't watched how he, he does breakfast. climb up though. <laughs> he has climbed up on the paint desk and he picks up the orcs and moves them around, which is quite funny. And he started picking them up. I had a load of bases out and he started picking them up and putting them on the bases, which I thought was quite cool. So mm. just, you know, bit at a time. Start the uh, indoctrination. You can let him battle damage him, couldn't you? A bit of sponge, silver paint. <laughs> yeah, hammer. <laughs> <laughs> All good. But no, that's just the way it is. I remember um, when I was um, living back in Plymouth and uh, setting up a gaming club with friend Ant, you know, at the time, his uh, first kid, Callum, was about the age of Joshua, and he was always saying, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't help very much, I can't do this, because I've got the kids. And I can I really remember as as time went on and he gradually started to be able to do more and do more with his hobby and stuff. So it just cycles. Yeah. Just does a bit of cycles. So that's fine. So to answer your question, it's how long is a piece of string, really? Two weeks? Yeah. I think that's the same for everyone, isn't it? I mean, sometimes you can be super productive and just seem to glide to a model. Mm. And then sometimes a unit can just really grate and be like, why is this not going fast? And what am I doing wrong? And and then you start to doubt the decisions you've made, like the colour choices and the techniques you've used for different bits, and they all just end up on the shelf. Mm. So, so when did you want to talk about your games? Yeah, we'll do that now. It's a good idea. Because we went to Bristol Independent Gaming Agency of Motorola and um, I had a really good time. I had a brilliant time. I found out I'm not as crap at Agency as I thought I would be. And um, so it was four games. I thought it was going to be three. I thought I really liked a thousand points, actually. Was it an hour and a half? Two hours? Two hours. Yeah, for some of us it was less. Depending on how well I knew you were doing. Yeah, no, I quite liked it because it was, because Tenebris was the same number of, well, three games. And that was, they were long games, 2,000 points, and really, I was exhausted by the end of that. 
don't know about you guys, you all sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah it was that first day was a long day. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I've got to the end of that, four games, and I could have done another two or three, I reckon. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I lost my first one, got absolutely stomped by Zinch. Um, charged across the table, completely overextended my line, and he just wiped out all my best units and used my own foot of gore for my ball boss, which is just rude. <laughs> I think it's dirty Zinchy dirtiness. I think it's completely acceptable. We'll come back to that in a sec. <laughs> um, and then my second game was. Wasn't it against you, was it? It was against, it was against you, yeah. wasn't it? Don't need to play to you second. What is that last? Yeah. And who won that? It's... Nobody won. No. Except so... for you. <laughs> <laughs> but that was due entirely because I got off the most ridiculous foot of gawk I think I could possibly have done. 24 water wounds on one of your best units was pretty savage. Much you could do against that. <laughs> It gets embarrassing after the fourth time you've got a four. Like, you, seem be, <laughs> you seem to be fine with it at the time. <laughs> I, was try, I was kind of suppressing my inner glee at the same time. I thought, no, I can't be overexcited that now I'm above 20. <laughs> um, but that was quite good. Apart from the scenery, I found made that quite a hard game, balancing the orcs across. We had quite an extended line on that, for me. Um, I found that quite hard. And then your Stormcast Tales, Tom. That line of hate that just refused <laughs> to die, but threw everything at it for like six turns. Yeah. Two plus save, re rolling is filled. No, filled. Filled is no, it's incredible. That's how you do it. Managed to win that one. So, and then in my last game was against Death, who only had like, he had two units of five. Um, Die walls. and then three massive models. So the death, the corpse cart, um, a vampire on a zombie dragon, whatever that's called now, and um, Nagash's little hench dude on the park in the back. There you go. See, I'm, the other people would know the names of this stuff. Um, and I beat him only because I managed to get the first turn, get the charge across, kill his units that could hold his objectives, burn his objectives, and then he didn't have a chance really to, to earn the victory points to come back. Um, his armor was terrifying. His his that vampire on the was horrific. He completely tabled me within like four turns, but it didn't make any difference points wise. Which comes back to something you said earlier, um, Dan, about um got to play the objectives rather than the, the army. Yeah, I experienced that quite a lot in my games. Um, I think a lot of people came to that tournament with an idea to play armies yeah. and there were lots of like you said Arkan and a zombie dragon in one army yeah. there's Lords of Change and all these kind of big scary monsters but then actually did they bring enough units to hold objectives yeah. which this guy clearly hadn't mm. but two units of five diables was just not going to cut um, but I think the thing I, I was really most chuffed about was I managed to win the um, best painting which I was really super chuffed about that well deserved, mate. <coughs> yeah, well deserved. it looked fantastic. It looked really good. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Really good. Very well deserved that. So I won um, a model that was given to me under the guise of I need some help in my army, so I'm going to give you a model. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. So um, I made 
came a mighty 12 out of 12. <laughs> um, my first game, I lost. My second game, lost. Third game, lost. Fourth game... Oh, yes, lost. That one <laughs> so, and two of those games, I killed nothing. Got no points. But... I, by the end of the day, this is ridiculous. I was very frustrated. But I've spoken to, to Dan about it quite a bit and thought about it. And to be honest, I just didn't give it any thought at all. I had this big unit of unwieldy blood letters that I struggled to use. I just, I just didn't turn up and... I didn't even know what some of my units were doing. I got some rules wrong because I hadn't read the war scroll properly. So, yeah, it was... Probably a well-deserved 12, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, and I've got some plans, so it's I was going to say, you've gone away and thought about it, and you've bought some... Yeah, what's sitting on that bed next to you? Uh, a very thematic um, gaunt summoner. Yes. And to very, go with very, my army. Very I, I think our listeners would love to hear why your army is now... Your corn army has now got a gaunt summoner. Yeah? Yeah, I do. Uh, because I'm fed up of losing. So, yeah, I've gone away and thought about it and um, had a chat with Dan a bit and tried to come up with some some ways to look at look at the army. Um, you did all right, mine, didn't you, Dan? Yeah, I was pleased with how I did. Um, so my first game was against Skaven, um, which I won. Um but again, it just came down to, so he had a siege weapon, a hero, two units of three rat ogres, and 40 clan rats. And the 40 clan rats are the only thing that could really hold an objective. And a lot of my games were like that, really. The most interesting game was my second game, which was against Sylvaneth. And in the first turn, I killed one hero. And then in the second turn, I killed his other hero. Um, this was in Duality of Death. So he had no heroes. Mm-hmm. But he had one on one objective uh, when I killed it, so he scored one point. And then in his turn, he rocked over all his Colonel Hunters and killed mine outright. And then we called it the first turn of turn three with one point. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was so tense. I think a lot of my games were quite tense. I was getting, I was, I was quite stressed out by the end of it. I know, Ben, you said you could have gone another ten rounds, but yeah. I think I was just wiped out by the end. The thing is, though, with your army, you, you really have to play the game, don't you? Because you've got Wanderers, so they're, you know, they're not... They don't have a book. They don't have a That's book, which says, yeah. says a lot. And you have to give a lot of thought to what you're doing. Um, Why do I have a book? And it's got four things in it, so... <laughs> but the kind of misbuilding <laughs> and the theory hammer is part of the hobby that really appeals to me. Yeah. And I think having an army like Wanderers that can be a bit of a challenge, yeah. I just have kind of embraced that quite a lot. Yeah. Um, my third game, I played that that army that was um, the Ten Dire Wolves and the Zombie Dragon. And again, they suffered from exactly the same problem, where I've got two units of 20 Glade Guard and I've got two units of 10 Eternal Guard and I can always hold the objectives against them. I I killed the Zombie Dragon in turn one with my How Arcane Bolt. do that? Because, I mean, that thing was ridiculous. Well, Glade Guard can shoot at rend three for a turn, and I had forty of them. I'll do it. <laughs> so that took that off turn one, and then I Arkan was on an objective, but I just fed him the forty Glade Guard and held it for the rest of the game. I inspired them, 
And then my last Go game. Die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty, you've done your great. you've done your red shots. Now you know, just yeah, just go and hold something or try. And then my last game was against Zinch, which was a really interesting game. The list, the Zinch list, was amazing. I hadn't played Zinch before, and I didn't realize how much damage they could do in and both would, the magic and the shooting phase, mm, and the combat phase. It's in every phase, and um. I got I got tabled completely. My whole army got taken off. But it was one of those ones where again I think he he came to play my army and the way he played he he forgot about his objective. So there was one next to a Bailwind vortex that was set up 4 inches away and you had to be within 3 inches to claim it. Yeah. And then as he moved towards me, he moved off an objective that allowed me to take it. Mm. And then I just started building up points. But he did come across, wipe out my entire army and burn all my objectives. But he just, I think, got carried away with trying to destroy my army yeah. rather than take objectives. And that had the um, Lord Shames. Yeah. yeah. And and the Gaunt Summoner that's inspired yeah. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, was, um, that was Chris Thurston from Millie's Monthly, wasn't it? Paid the, the Zinch. Yeah, yeah, really nicely painted army as well. It was, actually. He got a lot of it knocked out like the day or two before. Hmm. So in the end, I took third. Um, I think everyone had nine points who in the, who in the top three, but I just couldn't. Although I was effective for a turn with my Arcane Bodkins, I couldn't kill enough of people's armies. I could kill a centerpiece, yeah. which was quite satisfying. But I couldn't get around to killing enough of the army, so in the end I came third, but I was really happy with that. It was awesome, though. Mm. Yeah, really happy. I did hear a rumour you were asking what the last thing they got finished painted was so that, that was your target <laughs> no comment <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell um, as you'll notice some of the segments will be a little longer because there are five of us and there's a lot to talk about and a lot of excitement but um, unless my wonderful bearded assistant what? assistant <laughs> has anything he wishes to add I no. think we shall move um, I actually genuinely do want some refreshments, so I'm going to make Well, you're the one who's running to the car. I'm not going to the car. There's a kettle right there. So, <laughs> anyway, um, very professional as ever, we're going into the galaxy of war. Right, welcome back to the grim, far distant future, which right now is not looking quite so grim because flipping Titanicus is coming and it looks incredible. Yeah. So, um, yesterday, uh, on the way, no, was it yes? No, it was this yes. morning. Was this morning, I get confused. There was like a little leaked picture. No, it was yesterday. It was last night. Of yeah, the setup with Titanicus. And actually, I posted a few days ago that I was worried it would just be about the computer game. It is not about the computer game. Um, we went into the hall today. Oh, my flipping goodness. Made a big so, day for the Forge Straight in. Oh, mate. It's amazing. So, so we've seen Warlord Titans. We've seen Reaver Titans. We've seen Knights. Modular terrain. Um, multiple ways, or two ways to buy the stuff. So you can buy the rulebook separately and buy the bits you want. There's going to be a big box. Um, and you get a couple of Titans in there. Um... All the rules, some terrain, six knights in there as well. But just incredible. The detail is all pulled down from the bigger scale to the smaller scale. So you've got um, 
all the posability in there that you would have. The weapons they've actually done, um, where they've digitally like redone them, they've put holes in so you can put magnets into them. Um, so you can magnetize the weapons, which is fantastic. You get a little control panel for controlling your Titan with little pegs in for reactor, so you can overcharge your reactors, put more power into your guns or into your walk-in. Um, I think he's excited. I flipping so excited about this game. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's gorgeous. And what's really nice is I remember speaking to Tony Cottrell about it uh, an open day um, quite some time ago, and he talked about they were really delaying it a bit because they really wanted to make the Titans plastic and they wanted to make the plastic buildings. And you can see all that stuff that they desired to have has is coming out. Um, it's August as well, so it's only right around the corner. It, I, oh. They're doing some baseboards for it as well. I'm so excited. I just, after I'd seen that. It's a very it, interesting was, game as well because they've, they've, they've talked about it being on 4x4. Four four. Yep. You don't really need a great deal, a great number of models. No, so, so they were suggesting maybe five models and a group of knights, six yeah. to 12 so knights. Five titans and six to 12 knights. Um, which you'll get a, a significant chunk of if you buy the box set. You'll get your two warlords, really. And you'll get your six you nice. get six knights. Yeah, so you're only having Reavers and Warhound after that. But it is a crunchy game. It is all about detail. And they yeah, they didn't hide that, did they? They they're said it's very... They're not of that. In fact, they're proud of it, I think. And mm. I, um, so that's going to be really interesting. What I'm quite intrigued by is it sounds like you only have full control over the Titan that your Princeps Majoris in. And you're giving orders to the other Titans, so you don't have total control over all the others. Which yes, because we, when we saw um, a couple of years ago, we went to the Weekender, they were playing the, what yeah. the rules are now about the full scale of the full Titans, and they showed us a control panel and said, and when you order, depending which parts start breaking down damage in, so if it's their ability to take orders, mm. then they might not follow them properly and things like that, so it, you can damage different parts of the Titan. That's wicked. That is wicked. <clears throat> I just, it's the imagery. I really like the idea of like them striding forward and building up the buildings. So we've already said amongst us when we buy our sets, paint the buildings the same and then we can get together and make flipping cool cityscapes. So it's worth talking about the scenery. The scenery is designed to be like Lego. So Lego, but better, Lego Tony better. said. <laughs> yeah. So you'll be able to build, literally build it out of the components to make Anything from ground level buildings effectively to walloping great spires, mm. um, which is I think sounds really cool. The, the boards look amazing, um, but they weren't. In fact, he said the whole set that they had out there isn't a, a thing there which has been scratch built or modified. It's all purchasable, which was great. The only things we did see on some of the bases, they've got smaller versions of the crates to make look like scenery. So you know you've got the containers for 40k. Yeah. They'd made a couple and they were hoping, depending on demand, they might be able to look at doing things in the future for that. Um, that's what um, well, Bedford said. Shipping yeah, they had some tiny ones for basing and stuff and like that. And they want to do objectives, possibly add-on kits for the buildings, so yeah. you can have like ruined ones and such. What's quite exciting now with it being all digital is there's no... It, it, Pretty much any kit could be rescaled. Yeah, that um, is really cool, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's an 8mm, 
And there's been a lot of talk about that, but when you see the models up in person, it's the right scale for them. Oh, they yeah. And I'm going to, yeah. They're big enough that you get the detail. They're small enough that it's still Titanicus. Um, the, war, the Warlord is is possibly going to be one of my favourite plastic kits of the last five years. Oh, yeah. It has all of the all of the feel of the giant Warlord. I know that sounds bizarre, but it does feel like the same model, mm. um, which is really cool, just not as big. Um, it's going to be the most expensive box game they've ever released. Yeah, we're pegging around 150. Yeah. That's where we're estimating. So they kept, kept comparing the Warlord Titan to a Knight, so it's about 70 quid. So I think that's what we're going to be looking at. Um, and the box of knights for a squad of Terminators is what kind of roughly what you're saying. So I think you're looking at 140 quid just for the two warlords, and then another 60 quid for the two Terminators. There's been no idea of the price for the scenery, or in fact how much scenery you get in the box. But then also remember, if you wanted just to get the rule book, you can buy all the titans separately, yeah. straight off the bat. They have said, I, I, so the box set, essentially you get a free warlord titan. Yeah. Well, the thing about the box set is, is, you don't get to do this very often, is that you can use everything for mm. yourself. Mm. So, like he said, if you don't like the Orcs in Black Reach, you, a lot of people swap the Orcs, or swap the Death Guard, or the Primaris, and get the army that they want. This one, it is. And the, the sprue has got bits to make them the different legions as well, so it's just going to be pretty cool. I mean, the box set for me, I think, is really interesting, because the original... Titanicus was the first boxed rule game, uh, role playing game with models ever. It was a groundbreaker. It is kind of the the grandfather of every box set we've ever had since. So the new one, the fact that it is got something about it, which has got more in and it's more expensive than anything's come before it. And although I think that's pretty cool, it benchmarks it again, doesn't it? I was really impressed by how much stuff they had there. To see yeah. today. It's almost like everyone in the whole department, like everybody, had a Warlord Titan that they painted, yeah. didn't they? Did you notice that? There was one in almost every cabinet. Mm. So they'd gone around the Forgeable team and just sort of thrown sprues at people and gone paint them, paint them, paint them. And it was just stunning. Really, really nice. Massively impressed, like that, that seems a fair point to say, by the by what we've seen today of Warhammer Fest that we didn't, that hadn't seen. They've kept it really quiet. Mm. Yeah, which is is a departure from previously how I felt at this point. And I was getting a bit grouchy this morning in the car, because every five minutes, you're like, oh, no, this, and oh, they've snuck in this, and there's a photograph of the table, and oh, it's going to be Titanicus, and there's shots of the cabinet from... It didn't matter. Because there was so much there. I was running around like a child in a candy shop, and, oh, it's brilliant. So August, we've got enough time to clear our tables before we get to it. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will anyway. It's something I should have mentioned. They, they purposely designed them to fit magnets. So yeah, when they do the upgraded weapons options, they've already made it. It's just easy. <laughs> they've done it. Yeah, that and intent. I think that's great. I think, I think it's fantastic. Really it's yeah. a big departure from the expectation, oh, you want a new weapon, you just buy another Titan. One of the things I I am surprised that we haven't seen a hound today. As much as it's really cool to see the others, I am surprised that they haven't shown that. But I think so. 
Tony said in what in the seminar, one of the seminars we were in, like we can't show you all of this because then we'll have nothing cool to show you until whenever. Yeah. And I think it's part of that. I think reality is the tool in time and all the rest of it on what we've seen today is significant. Yeah. So they want to keep some stuff back to keep that excitement mm. running. Um, but they're talking about Titans we've never seen before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were talking about that two years ago when I went to Beth. And they, they also confirmed today that they are, they will do the other races in the future. So yeah. the Elder Titans, the Old Titans, yeah. but not yet. Just as significantly yeah. far off. Well, they should change because originally when they talked about it, they said no, they have no, no intention. Right. Today he said, it's we will, but... But when you mentioned epic, no. The epic quote has to be repeated. If we want, if we want epic, <laughs> stand on a ladder and play 40k. That's what <laughs> I think it's like all of these things. I, I, I actually said to a couple of people, because um, we were stood around looking at it, and they were, they were asking about, will you be doing things for Eldar and stuff? And it's like, oh, yeah, we would like to. I said, you know the best thing you can do? Go out and buy this. Because that's the thing. It just depends what gets bought. So Blood Bowl, they keep saying, and every time, the intention was maybe 6 to 12 months. They yeah. just bring out the game, a couple of bits. and and But it's been so popular, and it's generated so much income yeah, and money that it's warranted carrying on. And it's the same with Necromunda. Yeah. It's the same with the Middle Earth yeah. team. Um, and it and it will be the same with Titanicus. If it if it if people engage with it and play it and get on board with it, then it will, then it will continue to grow. They've got all the ideas. It's just having the finance and and the justification for for getting them out there. Um, I think it's quite interesting that the Middle Earth team. I don't know whether it's to do with the licenses in it, etc., but. Like, they haven't done any new plastic kits. They've kept stuff in resin and stuff. So is, is well, that an talking, indication that that's a much smaller... I think it's to do with the fact that the plastic, like he said, is like mithril in, yeah. the, in the company. Because to have the time and the resources to do it, the access to the, the presses, you know, their team isn't big enough yet to do that. I think if if the Hobbit, if the Middle Earth strategy game, which will come to a bit later, I should think, takes off, then that will change. Mm. Big time. But, I mean, you just, just mentioned Necromunda, and I, one of the things that really excited me today is when they were talking about Necromunda, the, doing the old Necromunda again is as far as they're concerned at the moment, like the starting point. Mm. So once all of the old gangs are done, that's just the beginning. That is, that is kind of the first step. They're talking about the, the other hives, the wastelands, the sumps, the whole lot. Um, and that will keep going as long as people keep supporting it. We need to get Dan to play Titanicus. I think I could be swayed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was, the models were much more impressive than I thought they would be. Like you said, Ben, it just, it just looks exactly like. Yeah. There isn't much loss, is there? Really? No, nothing, I didn't think. And we, we talked to the, um, I've forgotten his name, the designer. The younger lads, quite a lot, and he said the way he's tried to do the kits and where they've been engineered is they're going to be as poseable as a knight. So if you want to do slightly different movements and things, you can do it, which is great. So it means you can have your own very unique little bits, make yeah. them look your own. Yeah. 
all of the titans come with the two builds, don't they? So you have the easy build, which is quite monopose. But there's like instruction on how to cut bits off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do the cabling and that. that. It's a bit like the, re- the Redemptor is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that, something yeah. um, Mark said as well is that they purposely, when they put them on the sprues, is that the bits where they connect to the sprue are hidden. So if you want to paint them on it, like get your airbrush out, get your spray yeah. cans out, you can do it very quickly oh, and then stick them straight on. Such a good idea. Which is brilliant. That's the <laughs> thing about uh, magnet holes as well. They're like pre-drill holes, so you just yeah. stick the rod in and you don't need to drill anything. Yeah, because one of the things I was find pain <laughs> when I'm trying to magnetise is actually you need to drill in a bit further than you want the magnet because obviously yeah. a drill is pointed, isn't it? Yeah. So it's nice to have that. That's so good. Yeah, and he said they're five by one, didn't he? On the wall or I don't know. I don't know about the other size, yeah. But what I'm interested in is whether they'll glue together without magnet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, don't you because there's only a hole. It could be an idiot. <laughs> 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 if you can magnetise it, you can glue it, can't you? Oh, well, if you've got two holes on either side, it's only tiny little ones. It's a contact hole, like, is it? Massive magnet. So when we go in tomorrow, ask them to lift one of the missiles up. You know that whole surface area. Yeah. It's only the very centre, which is where the magnet hole is. I think it's more of the eye. And you think it's all plastic yeah. as well, so it only needs like. It doesn't need to be. Magnet. Yeah. Yeah, what they said, no, they're just explaining it properly. I'm just calling you an idiot. Well, that's why we've got some backup this time. Because I just can't put up with it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There hasn't been much else. There hasn't been any 40k today. No, so that's been really interesting. So we saw the road trader thing, but not today. We saw that. Oh, that sort of appeared, hasn't yeah. it? But I, so, I, that was a bit of a shame, actually. Because that came out and there's two dodgy photos where we have no idea where they come from. And then the team released the video, which has clearly been done because they hate having dodgy photos circulating. So they've gone, well, actually, you know, here's the real deal. I kind of felt that that was probably going to be released today. or that Possibly. Or, um, or uh, talked about today. It'll be interesting. So last year, which it has to be said, there was markedly less new unseen things at last year's fair. On the Sunday, there were other things, a couple of other things that appeared. The yeah, redemptive yeah. dreadnought was on. So I am really interested to see what okay. we see tomorrow. There's no, I don't believe there's a new releases and previews seminar. There isn't, no, there isn't. So I don't think we'll see anything much, but I'd be happy to prove wrong. But whether we'll see anything before, because I just, I suppose I got the feeling like we're quite, um, you know, obviously Dan, you're very much age of Sigma, but, um, everyone else will pretty much, that I've got a hand in any game that games which I've made. So it's easy to, for us to be like, oh yeah, that's good then. But if you only played 40k, which is a significant number of people, um, you wouldn't have really seen there. anything, yeah. uh, which sounds a funny thing to say because they've shown us loads and we should, obviously we're really great for that. That road trader thing is a big deal though because um, mm. I think Adeptus Titanicus is enough. Mm. But it's, it's not 40 game. It's no, it's universe. like it is a different game but it will get people in because people will see yeah. the Warlord models like, oh my goodness. We did get is a bit that... from Ford Rod though. 
I know mm. not from Citadel, but there was a few that was so they talked about the next campaign book from them is going to have custodes and sisters and stuff in. Blood Angels and Scales. Yeah. That's for the Heresy, yeah. yeah. Um, and they got the new Necron constructs they've shown yeah. on. No, no, yeah, we've, got, cool. you've, we've got the Death Watch. Oh, yeah, the and Codex the and stuff. that's just... And come out, yeah. We haven't spoken about that, have we? I keep forgetting what we've had Codex-wise, but when they showed the when they talk about the Primaris mixed squads, that is, that is superb. Because that is exactly what when when the Death Watch came out, I don't know if we cast it, I don't think I spoke about it, I think I started that before the podcast, but for me that was a really big book because it allowed me to use all of the bits of crap that I just have in bits boxes and think, I don't want to collect it out of the Blood Angels, sorry. But I have Blood Angel bits, but I will make with joy a Blood Angel Death Watch and stick it in a, in a squad and I can label my love onto that one model. Um, and now you can do it with Primaris and have mixed Primaris squads. And the concept of having like an aggressor in the same squad as Reavers, for example, is ridiculously cool. You're not going to charge that, are you? Well, you might be a yeah. mad. But <laughs> I, think it's, I think that's really exciting. I really like that book. Was but they one? sold out. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they, they sold out really quickly. Yeah, they sold out this morning. Yeah. yeah. They saw a lot of stuff actually. Spike magazine, gone. Which was really cool, we should have covered, but we'll think about that later, I suppose. Yeah. So I suppose we have just had Death Watch and Harlequins. Yeah, I saw the book in a glass cabinet, but no one was allowed to have a look inside it. Yeah, Harlequins. Yeah. The, um, we saw the Eldar Webway Gate as well. The Eldar Webway Gate. Oh, oh yeah. So good. That is superb. It's so nice. I have expected the, the sort of wraith night thing on the side to step off and get yeah. away from it. It's almost like it could be detachable. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really nice. I'm really hoping they're going to do more of that kind of army-specific scenery. In fact, they were saying... We, they were yeah, we asked, they said the, the noble tree, what's it called? Spectrum. was like they're t- dipping the toe in the water and it works so well that they're doing it now. But I, and I said, I think... The reason the, the Narmor did well is because they made rules for it that made it viable and it's in two game systems. Like, it underpins a Nurgle army, doesn't it? And it's free to summon for Nurgle as well. Yeah, so they've made it worth taking. really worth taking. So I think it's key that they keep doing that with terrain pieces. Keep, they got keep the, ship. the turnover. And you've got the ship. It's so thematic when you take the army that has that, so like you can see the Nurgle corrupting the scenery and you can see the tides washing up the shipwrecks and mm-hmm. things. It just really adds something. And I think it's great that that's happening in all the games that they're making them. Because as an Eldar player, you'd want Eldar scenery. And as an Orc player, you want Orc scenery. Oh, I hope they bring out a pile of dead Space Wolf corpses for a thousand suns. That would be so good. Totally needed. You totally need a box set and chop them up. With no, that's a lot of effort. I just want a pile. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. But weather gate wise, um, important to uh, say Ben's going to do his Eldar again. Yeah, I'm very tempted to get the Eldar back up. But I want to yeah. do the what's the Ivy called? The twisting one. They they sell. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, the yeah. I and do that run because my old old planes they've got vines so and stuff good. on the bases anyway, so that's got to happen. That would be so good. I'm interested to know whether you could paint those and have them have the paint not crack when you bent them. 
Because everywhere I've seen mm. them used, I would hate to have to paint them in situ. Yeah. Like that, there's a table downstairs where they put it all over ruins, and it looks phenomenal, but the only thing I could think of looking at it was picking out all the vines. Yeah, you just had to try it, weren't you? Yeah. Well, acrylic is flexible. Mm. Maybe not that much. No, but enough, I think. We'd just try it. I'm quite happy to have a go if I ever get around to it. I've got <laughs> some vines. Well, okay. I believe in a previous podcast I've thrown them over my shoulder. Yes, you have. We've got three boxes of skulls. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Two kilograms of bark. That is nothing. Wait until Titanic has come out. <laughs> so let's talk about road trading because I think... That is an exciting avenue. A lot of the Inquisitor 28 guys are quite excited about it because it seems to be like the first step of Kill Team. And it's, it looks like a role-play kind of skirmish game, so it might well be like this, like a bit of crossover to the Inquisitor thing. But the box set itself, which is becoming a bit of a cliche every time they release them, but the models are absolutely fantastic. But they're completely different. It's brand like, and it's just the direction they've gone with the models. Yeah. Just, I was never expecting it, and it's easy. People say, "Oh, they're corrupted noble," but they're not. Like, just the way they've done them, they're fantastic. It's like Nurgle. It's like they've taken John Blanche's artwork and made it into modern day fantastic miniatures. Yeah, I think before I've seen that, I'd, somebody said to me, "More Nurgle." I'd go, "More, more Nurgle." Oh, they do, about, they've done yeah. so much Nurgle. There's Surely nothing more than, oh yes, there is. <laughs> this box mm. set full of awesome Nurgle. They've got the little kind of Nurgle puppies. Yeah, yeah. There's little tiny flies. Yeah, little mm. tiny bases of flies and the big dudes with the dog. So good. But then, also on the road trade side, you've got what looks like enforcers. I guess they're kind of ship's crew or something. Yeah, security details. Or security whatever. detail. You've got the assassin, you've got the road trader themselves. It's a really exciting box set. And I was t- talking today to the guy who um, sculpted the Necromunda models, the um, Bounty Hunters, and we're talking about... I asked him about the technology, because in Necromunda, they don't look the same as 40k technology, but they are the same. That, if you said that's a plasma gun, it's obviously a plasma gun, but they're different designs. And he was saying that actually there's something they really wanted to do with Necromunda was show that there is a diversity of design across the Imperium and the Necromunda has its own unique feel and and even across the planet it's got, an, you know, different places will have different styles of technology but you will still be able to look at it and go that's a Laz gun, that's a plasma gun, that's a bolt gun, that's a chain axe, that kind of stuff. And I think with the Rogue Trader it's exactly the same thing. You look at them, they're very obviously 40k but they're completely different Style entirely, design design style. So I think I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited that they've actually gone and done a completely new thing rather than gone, here's a kill team book. Why did they say they were going to fully support it? So I'm not really surprised. We shouldn't be surprised. I don't think we'll be seeing it till October at the very earliest, though. No. Because it says at the end, I don't, that they weren't intending to show us this early. No. It's late 2018, so Christmas, just in time to get Titanicus finished. <laughs> That's the thing. I think Titanicus will be quite quick. I think. 
Well, I suppose, yeah, yeah I mean... I think all of the armor panels come separately. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Same way you paint a knight. Yeah. Yeah. That's two of them, but... Two smaller. Two smaller. <laughs> You're doing the theories of twos. Your, so, your theory, you might, yeah. yeah. You can't just have, like, two reavers, two warlords. You've got to expand with each sort of level. Mm-hmm. If you have two warlords, you need at least four reavers. Yeah, absolutely. at least eight warhounds. Or at least six warhounds. So you need to sort of expand that out. That's some point of manacles on that as well. I would like uh, a yes, warlord, a reaver, and two warhounds, and then a bunch of knights. Right. Yeah. Not too big enough. I want like ten warlords, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to get them all on a table. We'll score. We all just get loads of warlords, and then one day we just go to Warhammer World and go right. This is how you play the literature's game. Have you read Look at all of these <laughs> warlords. Have you read Titanicus? Where, where the guy who's in command of the um, of the maniple links all of the of the warlord titans into his targeting matrix, so they can target the imperator's <laughs> shield in one exact place and hit and overwhelm it in that one exact place. It's so good, so thematic because it's completely against all their principles because their mind could be melted by it, and all of the titans could go a little bit funky. But he has the he has the sort of mental strength to do it, so he does it, brings them all into command, and just blasts this and put in the shield. But there must have been at least eight or nine warlords fighting at that fighting at that thing. And all the warlord titans are like, "Who's this guy?" Because when it, when a princess goes into a titan, it takes a while for the, the titan to accept them and sort of trust them and respect them. So this guy was able to bring all of these Warlord Titans in and go, no, you will listen to me, even if it's just for 30 seconds, target that point, fire, done, right, now you can all go back. And all these Titans are like, yeah, all right, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really good book. Might have to reread it before I play Titanic. The day before the pre-orders go up, that'll be really safe. <laughs> we find out that 450 was a vast underestimate. <laughs> so when I came downstairs the other day, I went, Joe, 180 pounds on Deepkin is reasonable? No, okay, it's not reasonable. No. <laughs> so 300 pounds on Undertale. <laughs> this is reasonable. No. Awesome. Shall we move on to the Mortal Realms? Yes. Not that we've done this recording <laughs> exactly <laughs> order at all, but. <laughs> we mixed up the audits for exciting folk like that. Just to confuse ourselves. So, yes, let's go on to the Mortal Realms. I love it when you talk about the Mortal Realms, man. That's my favourite part of the whole podcast because I remember podcast number one where you were just like, oh, I hate Age of Sigmar. <laughs> I never actually said those words. But there might have been an undertone. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back. And we're in the Mortal Realms. And it's been a pretty busy day for the Mortal Realms. Um, so we're going to try and talk through as much as we can um, and get some reactions from everyone. So where, where should we start? This might as well get that that, that article from Warren <coughs> Community and work our way through it. 
all I would say is if we have ever got any problems, we are just going to open another chamber. Yeah, that video is <laughs> outstanding. Absolutely brilliant. So um, while Ben's flicking, I'm going to get really excited, um, as I often do. There are new Stormcast. They have some kind of gas, chemical weapons. They've got a the repeater, heavy bolter. Soul sucking. Soul su- oh, yeah. There's one um, sucking the soul out of someone, which is pretty awesome. Basically, the Ordinata, the chamber he's from, the Sacrosanct chamber, has been grown. So now they have wizards as well. Um, more beasties. Yeah, the heavy bolter thing. More (laughs) beasties, which is great. And these are up against new death models, which, flipping Nora. I was thinking (laughs) about how, you know, what more can you do to, like, add to, you've got skeletons, zombies, dark, it's amazing. Just within Nighthorn, they've done it again. So you had, I, I said about this when they did, um, Daughters of Cain, um, and they, 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 they ta- yeah, yeah, taking the thing and just expanding on it. Um, they did it before that. What did they do? Well, Iron Jaws has come out of our boys. Well, Iron Jaws, yeah, Iron Jaws. Fire Well, Fire Slayers was completely fresh, wasn't it? Well, you know, but I mean, you still took the idea of a Slayer. Slayer. Um, Silvernef, yeah, Yeah, that's one, yeah, where they they just went warm and made the rain. So it's just amazing, the different variety. Um, The black coach is just stunning. Uh, But what I love is this whole thing where Nagash is really rousing himself now, and he is flipping livid that Sigmar has been stealing souls, essentially. So it's quite a a vengeance war. There's a lot of emotion behind them coming in and saying, right, you lot, we are having you back. Um, And it presents an interesting thing for Stormcast, who are immortal, except they've sort of started fearing the fact that when they get reborn, they'll lose something. But now there's a real chance of of actual permanent... Well, you've got, you've got a bit of a soul war going on, haven't you? Because the Deepkin are soul-stealing. Mm. Nagash, obviously, just is like a soul vacuum cleaner. Um, but then... <laughs> the, 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 new, the new Stormcast, there's, clearly she is absolutely sucking a soul out of that, that thing yeah. on the floor. Whatever, it's a chaos thing. It looks like a chaos so I mean, they're they're kind of bringing in their soul stealing or soul capturing. Or I wonder if she's gonna if she's taking that soul to purify. Yeah, to be reforged. Yeah, That's yeah, what I yeah. Thought. I thought they were like, oh, you were a good warrior. We'll take you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they all, they opened um, that sort of gate with uh, Tor Tor was it Torglug? Yeah, who became the, the one, yeah, yeah who, who got reforged. So that's totally possible. One of the things I like that they've done with it is goes back to really early undead ranges where there's not just humans now. There's clearly Skaven in that um, that new range. Um, whereas before they had Skaven and Orcs and all sorts of different skeletons and little metal ones. In fact, I've got a couple of them. Um, but I really like that. Trying to get a diversity of models out. The idea is though, like the one with the hangman noose above him, yes. as he floating on, it's just fantastic. And you could not have made that model in metal. No. Or even resin, I don't think. I had a chat with the designers about that, actually. And we just talked about how, because plastic is so light, yeah. it just really helps you make those dynamic poses. And they were talking about the freedom as well that they get, that it's not rank and file. Yeah. And I was talking to the guy that designed the Namati Thralls yes. and, and these yeah. new death models about that. 
and that's it's just great. If you think about the models, I mean, I have some older models that are very sort of rank and file in my army, and this new stuff is just they're amazing, all very forward facing, aren't they? Yeah, like their weapons are all close into their body, and now they've sort of opened themselves out into their bases. Mm. I think it will present some real challenges for transport. Those that I picked up a couple, and they're so spindly. Yeah, like they're beautiful, beautiful models. But I don't think even. I think you'd have to. Well, I would certainly do it the way I've been doing it with the magnets to keep any pressure off the model completely. I had a chat earlier with Mike about that, though, and said I think that's the way the, all the armies are going because they're so dynamic and they're getting bigger generally. Magnetized cases. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's the that's way the future, to go. It? It's going to be yeah. Especially, like I said, they're so light and spindly. But then even in New Stormcast, some of those weapons are at all sorts of angles, aren't they? And some of those weapons, I mean, even the standard Stormcast hammer from the current box set, if that breaks off, that's that it. is a yeah. bugger mm-hmm. to pin. It really is. Having just done one, my son broke it off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, two new paints to go with that death range that we were loving to look at. Oh, the hobby guys were just... They had loads of stuff to show up over yeah. there. That new, so new objectives, which are which are really nice. I think they're significantly better than the forty k ones. Myself, you do. Yeah. Well, I say I liked the forty k ones a lot. They they were nice, but um, even just the quality of the plastics. I was looking at the ones because I was chatting to to. Um, I can't remember his name, it's awful, but that's not unusual for us, is it? To not remember something. So, um, chatting to the chap about where the actual stuff was being cast and produced, and mm-hmm. because I know previously scenery kits, especially that have come from come in from overseas, haven't been produced overseas, the quality hasn't been as good, and they've changed their supplier, and the stuff is really nice. Um, so there's those, and then there's a range of different dice, command dice. Uh, scenery dice. Glow in the dark dice. Glow in the dark dice. New I, combat game. I can't work out why you would need glow in the dark dice, but it almost doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Absolutely you reckon you get some glow in the dark paint to your night horn? Do you know one year, not quite glow in the dark, but when we did a games day board, um, when I was working in Truro, I think. We did uh, a Chaos Horde and painted all their weapons and stuff with um, UV nail varnish. Yeah. And and then we did the board and before we put the static grass on, put like chaos symbols and stuff in this UV nail varnish. So then when we were playing the game, we set up a UV light and all of the weapons of all the marauders and on the board, these symbols were glowing. There we go. Just a bit random. Well, 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 for my city... City of the Death Board with the lights and stuff. Put the lights yeah. and all in. Turn the light off and I'll glow in the dark dice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, they they had they had loads of cracking stuff. And the scenery dice, because we were talking about scenery dice when we played, and how much of a pain in the butt it is to have the table out, roll the dice, allocate them. And the old set only had six in. The third party set was six for ten pounds. Yeah, and realistically, so. The rules suggest one to two pieces per two foot square. So on a four by four, that's eight dice. Yeah, yeah then you've got your round gates, which use two each as well. Yeah. So, so you, you need quite a few. So this, this is 20 in a set for approximately 12 pounds, 12 to 15 pounds, one sure. Because to be fair, the guy I was chatting to is the designer, not the, yeah, not the guy that chose the prices. So, um, so yeah, they they were 
But it was really good, wasn't it? And the two paints are great. I've not run on them too much, but they're two washes, effectively. They're technical paints, really high in pigment. The blue one, it had it done over black, and you could still see the pigment over black, which is almost as if you painted it on. It was really quite phenomenal, actually. Mm. Um, And then a green green one to do like the spirit kind of look, which a lot of people have been using, um, Nilux. Yeah, I asked him about that, and he said it's... The most, they're both quite similar to that, but said the actual green one's closer in makeup to a shade, yeah. except from the fact it doesn't behave like one. He said it's quite hard to try and he talks about it. He said, yeah, it's essentially very similar, but because it glows so much, there's so much colour on it, they actually have a different makeup for it. It stains tints yeah. you know, quite strongly, doesn't it? So that's two paints that are going to make painting death malignant quite. Well, it's great to see that as well. When they're bringing out armies, they're really thinking of it from yeah, lots of different angles. Yeah. Um, so we've mentioned in that that we've seen some cool new dice, including command dice, which gives it's us a think about the rules. Yeah. So the second edition was announced um, today. Unfortunately, we were too late to get into the seminar for the big announcements. It's too late. We're in like the... Everybody wants to see the new stuff, don't they? So, but rules-wise, we've heard a few things. So, Dan, you mentioned that you've heard a couple of bits. I had heard a couple of bits. I was really interested to find out as much about the rules as I could. So, I went up to the second floor exhibition where there are the guys who work on the rules, and headed made a beeline straight over there. Started started chatting to a guy about rules. He wasn't telling me anything, and I was like, "Oh well, maybe they should be told not to say anything." Then I looked up. He was from the army painting studio. That's <laughs> <laughs> a poor bloke I've just been chatting to for 15 minutes badgering about rules that I haven't worked on that. <laughs> but in my first game that I played of Throne of Skulls, one of the guys had been to the seminar before the first game and he spoke to me about um, shooting is going to change. So you will not, if you are in combat, you will only be able to shoot into the combat that you are in. Um, and he also talked about um, command abilities. So every one of your heroes will be able to use their command ability. All of them. All of them. Yeah. But it's going to cost so soon. That's why we've got the dice. Yeah. But I think what's interesting for that as well is I'm going to be looking at allies potentially yeah. and yeah. seeing what happens. I know there's um, on the Grand Alliance forum, there's a, if you, I don't know if they do it for every faction, but on order, They've got something, a list of every model that affects other order models. So I'll be having a little look through that and just seeing what effects I can do and what more dirty shenanigans I can add to my army that I finished. Um, but that's all I know so far. But I think our magic as well. So yeah, it looks like there's me some six. So there's there's, mo- there's models coming out to represent magical effects. But no foot of gold. What's that about? It's because the greenskins are completely overpowered and need nothing further. <laughs> totally. I want a big foot. You've got a massive morph and a realm of beasts that you like charging towards. You've got to paint it metal and have it a literal iron jaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sprayed like the dudes from Mad Max. <laughs> no? It's just me. <laughs> it's interesting because the last time we saw like uh, magical effects staying in play and actually represented by something you could buy was in the Storm of Magic yeah. when you had the the, the the globe thing, half globe things, the vortex yeah. around the board. So, well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see 
And that There's a blue thing skull, is which looks amazing. That purple thing is huge. Well, because before we didn't and have anything to put weird. into scale, and now it's like the size of a redemptive yeah, tennis ball. Absolutely mm. massive. I really hope, and it looks like it might be, that that folds into the core rules and adds a whole new element to the game. Yeah. There's a lot of things that they add on as a sideline don't really get played as much, I find. Like, no, well, it's hard enough to get to play the scenery rules, mm. isn't it? <laughs> you know, um, Although that's a lot to do with remembering what's going on. I keep thinking I must print out like a little sheet. I find not a lot of people bother with the scenery rules. So no. when we played it big, I just left it up to my opponent. I said, do you play them? Do you want to? And 50% said no. Said no. Yeah. And today... Um, both my opponents said no. But then the thing is, I was listening. So normally I don't play with them because I forget them partway through or what have you. But actually, I was listening to AOS Shorts after my disastrous outing in a desperate attempt to understand what was going on. You were following the catch line, get better first. Yeah. And you were like, yes. Yes. <laughs> and I listened to most of them, to be honest, and they talked about the scenery and how. You know, it is important which side you pick and you, to try and you can use it. You can very much use it to benefit your army or to put them at a disadvantage. Um, and I'm thinking, well, that's a whole segment we don't really use. Mm-hmm. He basically assumes that you always play with it as well, yeah. doesn't he? Doesn't seem yeah. But like, then why wouldn't you? Because it's it's a bit like it's just the a, scenery. It's, 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 it? it's like you wouldn't play without the movement phase. So why would you? Like yeah, so different that's what countries have different sort. It's part of the core rules. Yeah. It's quite an obvious and so, key part, isn't it? So yes, it would be nice if, as Dan says, that becomes a core yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah, because magic has often in the past been an add-on. Really, mm-hmm. you think back to the magic box sets. Yeah, um, right at the start, the third, fourth, and fifth edition, um, just a great big box of cover. But it's interesting because when Warhammer Fantasy moved into sixth edition, I think, mag- basically when Magic came back into the core rulebook yeah. using the two dice system. Yeah. One of the reasons was that because Magic was too unwieldy. Yeah. With all the cards and all the governments. So, and, and Age of Sigma is supposed to be streamlined and, yeah. and not unwieldy. So it will be interesting to see how they've handled it, to add it if it, if it is an add-on with all the extra bits, bits and pieces. I, you know, I, I don't have any doubt I'm going to love it because I just love everything. It doesn't have to be more than a paragraph in the main rules, though. Then no, all the, all no. the additional rules will just be on the, on the war scroll or on the, on the cards yeah. or whatever, won't they? So yeah. I don't think it would be too much. Because I'm going to need to know now because my corner, like, they're on it with the magic. They've made friends. <laughs> <laughs> One very powerful friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it was really exciting to see that. Um, it's always nice, actually, talking to a few people. Uh, lucky enough to know a few people up, um, up and around the design studio area who are also really excited about it. Yeah. There's so much excitement. It's like all the staff seem to be to have this buzz about them at the moment. They're holding something back as well. Oh, yes, well, well, of course they are. When we spoke to the heavy metal guys, that he told us that he'd started painting those Stormcast last fest. Yeah. When they started on them. That's just painting them, so that's nothing to do with design. That's just getting them in the, in the shop. Yeah. yeah. So... I couldn't do it. I, I, did, <laughs> I, I could not keep that to myself. Like everyone I know. Oh, the new starter box... Stormcast and Nighthorn that people are talking about is 
I'm 100%, well, I'm 99% sure that it's coming out. So I spoke to the designer in the cabinet. They have the two armies next to each other. And I said to him, they would look nice in a starter set, wouldn't they? And he said, I cannot say anything to you. But the look on his face <laughs> when I said the word starter set just made me think that with the new edition, that's definitely going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of them looked like they were very small number of pieces. Yeah, I thought that. I looked at some earlier and I thought, mm, they, these have that look about them. Yeah. Um, the, the sort of... Uh, Which would be incredible because that Death Army is, if that is in the starter set, even some of them, that is phenomenal. Well, it are. also gives two armies to potentially new players, new people to experiment with painting, that are quick to get repeated yeah. on the yeah. table. Because actually, the corn... Were quite hard, really. Yeah, especially the Blood Reapers. Yeah. For a unit which actually, in the game, doesn't bring any points to the table, etc. All that skin yeah. is, is a lot of work. So that would be that would be very good to see. So that's June. So that's next month. One of the things I quite liked about that is that the amount of thought that's gone into this Age of Sigma this year, because my importance was as much about setting the scene for this as well as getting people's armies ready for this. I now feel completely ready to embrace a new box set. Whereas if I hadn't had my importance, I'd be sitting there thinking. I'll probably buy it because I buy all the box sets and not even bother with it. But now I'm in a completely different state of mind with it. It sounds like there's going to be a proper rule book this time. Yeah. But I don't mean proper rule book in that it's going to have loads of rules in it. But the last rule book had a little bit of rules at the end, but it was a bit patchy because it had a bit of background and. It was a narrative campaign, really. The Mm -hmm. hardback rule book, wasn't it? This one, I think, is going to be more like a traditional. Well, some of the maps that they've previewed today, and he talks about the maps in um, in the video, are just awesome. And I'm, that's the sort of stuff I've been waiting for. And I think they've listened and thought, well, actually, what what people want is for them to flesh out the mortal realms a little bit to give you some concept of what these actually are, and start so you can start hanging your own narratives off things. And um, I think that's what you're going to get. I think you're going to get a book of background. Like you have with forty k book, rather than like a, a narrative campaign, which is essentially what you know the current one is. Is there a covered anything with Age of Sigma? Corn dragon, yeah. Oh, corn dragon. <laughs> That's huge. A smaug, huge. It's bigger than smaug. You it? reckon? Yeah. In terms it's of the weight of it, <laughs> yeah. It's like smaug's been to the gym, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he's been, he's been oh, bent I'm just <laughs> I was just thinking of the uh, giant centerpieces um, they had. They're obviously. I just loved it. I wish they did. Do you know the old Space Marine? Wardrobe Space Marine? Yeah, yeah. I'd love it if they did a Sigma. Well, I think they should. You know, they do those big up castings. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Have, they have them in the cabinets almost every game is Day Fest. They're like the. I don't know, the, the upscale mock ups or whatever, done in resin. So. I guess it's so they can do that and look at it and see if they're happy with the sort of the way the model looks in physical form before they make it plastic. Not even going down that road. <laughs> what? what? Is it anatomically correct? How's oh, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, I think they should release those because they're see, so awesome. I'm going to, um, people listening that know about these things will be like, oh, you know, come on, you idiot, what are you talking about? But I don't know why. Do they just print them to look cool now? Because 
once upon a time you needed a three up. Yeah. But now it's digital. I don't think they need them. I, I think still they think must they, just print them for I looking think they're still. I think if I was a designer, I'd still want a physical object in my hand to look at rather than on the screen. Mm. So you can see whether it it is what you thought it was going to be. Because mm. there is a sense of detachment from a computer screen. Mm. Um, and watching the guys do some of the work today on those wicked like paint shop pro screens yeah. that if like only there was the an car. opportunity to um <laughs> if only there was an opportunity to speak to somebody who might know we'll ask them tomorrow. like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I think they would be I think people would buy them for sure. The yeah. three apps. But where would we go with that? The dragon. Yeah, the dragon. <laughs> we were talking about the dragon. Yeah. Tom wants to big up the dragon. Yeah, I'll just big up the dragon and fill this room. Incredible. I don't know. For me, the dragon's too big. It's nice. It's a lovely model. It'd be lovely to have at home on the shelf. But I wouldn't want to play with it. It's too big. How would you play with it, though? Well, then, That's hey. what I have to mm. think. It's like Smaug. How would you... They were talking about Smaug today in the seminar. Like, oh, how the base makes it unusable. I was like, where's the base maker? The whole thing is so no, massive. Yeah, that was yeah. more just in regards to... Um, what, in regards to... Why would you move it? It's in regards to the specific mission, isn't it? That's what they were referring to. Yeah, yeah. How many people are playing that mission for that to be a problem? Yeah, wow. With that model. Yeah, it's just like... But then that you know what you're getting into piece. when you're buying that dragon. I think for me, it's always a collect, been a collective yeah. piece rather than something to game with. I mean, you want to take it to a tournament, I'd be dead scared if I had to move that somewhere. Yeah. Well, that's one of the main reasons why I haven't thought about the Forgeable Giant with any degree of seriousness because it's it's quite tall. And I, I knock bottles of coke over in my front room. I'm just getting <laughs> ruined. I reach across the table and his head goes flying. It'd be tragic. But that's not happening. It'd be like the Kai Town. Yes, it would be like the Kai Town. Constantly getting destroyed and rebuilt. But made of resin, so a lot harder to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's most of it. I can't believe that that's it. Yeah, it it seems like... I think probably because we don't actually know a great deal about the rules part yet. No. And the impacts on our armies. We have seen some very nice models, but we don't know what they actually do. We can theorise there's a guy with a very cool little... Are they called sextants? Yeah. Yeah, that's flipping ace. He's part of a gun team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks really good. But what's interesting looking at them is that there is a lot more Stormcast there than there are would be in a box set. If they got if you got all of that in the box set and all the death that they had in the box set... Well, they've already said it's a new chamber entirely, haven't they? So. Yeah. Well, and also a few BDI people have um, pointed out that some little groups of about four... Have very similar bases to Shadespire. Yeah. So whether we're seeing Shadespire, yeah. the next Shadespire mixed in, who knows? That'd be cool. So, more realms. Is that it? Are we done with more realms? <coughs> that word, immortal. Dan Wosley is nodding at me and he's like more realms man. So, <laughs> we talk about Blood Bowl quickly because there's a load of Blood Bowl. They're not in the mortal realms, are they? They're in the... <laughs> the what are they? I don't know what they... Fantasy. Fantasy universe. Oh, sod it. Let's call back them. They're all... Okay, we can talk about Blood Bowl. We have to mention the Orc Chile at this. Right? We do. Yeah. Absolutely ye
Yeah. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> they are amazing. I, I love the background that um, we were talking about them. The fact that they made them specifically bigger than the boys. Yeah, so they, yeah, they bully them into bully winning them the game. Into, yeah, I love that. So we saw awesome cheerleaders, really good. Dark Elf cheerleaders, a bit sinister. Dark Elf team. Yeah, with a head as a pom-pom. Dark Elf team, yes. Dark Elf team. Just in the cabinet, that was great to see. Um, mutations for the, the Chaos team were in there. Chaos cheerleaders with cool, like, Chaos stars. And then the human cheerleaders. Human cheerleaders. The elf character, star player. Yeah. And yeah. elf. There's and the twins. twins are coming up and soon. And the dark yes. elf star player. Yeah. We're just listing so many. Elf major. cheerleaders as well. Elven Union cheerleaders. Yeah. yeah, but they didn't have models of those. They're still in, still in the computer sculpt stage, but they're really nice too. Yeah, it's the same for the twins, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and the uh, armoured troll, which I really like the look of. Um, because when that troll... I love the Blood Bowl Troll, but it is really distinctive. It's When you have two of them on the team, it does look wrong. Mm. Um, so the fact they're doing an alternative, um, I'm really happy with that. There's a third, though, as well. Oh, is he a giant? What's the one with the halfling? He's an ogre. He's an ogre. He's a star ah. player, isn't he? Yeah. There is an ogre as well. Yeah, they're separate ones. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you can't use forks. No. They also announced for catching up with the cards for the other teams, like the dwarfs and that, didn't they? Yeah, Still haven't it, mentioned why the goblins. Is it the goblins are last. It's like the Benflex goblins will leave those to work. You know, goblin cards. Yep. So, and new boards. Yeah. I really like the Dark Elf board, where one side was the ship deck, and on the other side was the ship deck, but the ship was sinking and the Kraken monster coming up over the. <laughs> And, and, and I love the idea they just carry on playing Blood Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and the rules to go with it as well. Yeah. yeah that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. It's um, a lovely game. But it's a sneaky game as well, I think, Blood Bowl, because you think, and maybe normal folk would be okay, but you'd think, oh, you only need 11 to 15 models, so just knock them out quick, and then, you know, there's only eight turns to each sort of play, I suppose, or whatever they mm. call it. Um, so 16 altogether, you know, just not through it, where it's board game styly. But it isn't like that at all. No. It's, you really have to invest in it, like time-wise. Oh my goodness. So yeah, it's lovely. It's like the Chaos team I was looking at today. Um, and I really want them. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, I really want the cheerleaders. Certainly more than I want the Orc cheerleaders. Um, but the less said about that, the better. Uh, but I'm like, oh my goodness, it's taken me like 17 years to get this all team painted. So I'm not buying another team until they're done, at least. Well, I would like to see more governors, though. More referees. Oh, yeah, they More coaches. We've got Bugman coming, haven't we? Bugman's His rules are fantastic, aren't they? as a coach, and then if you're losing, gets knocked off. Gets drunk. Starts getting charged. Comes on as and they're thinking of releasing a version where he streaks, which is... Yeah, he's got the end of the game, he's drunk so much, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> they, should do, they should do a model of him just face down, pass down. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Right. More rounds? So, on to the community section. We shall go through the round game. See what I did? Yeah. Anyway. It's only taking you 22 episodes again. Right. Hail to the community! 
Okay, listeners, welcome to the Hail to the Community. So, the pod thunders ever onwards, um, probably on the sort of dregs of its ability to keep going. Vapours. Uh, Vapours now, it's been an exciting day. Uh, obviously, we've been surrounded by community all day, which has been great. But as normal, we like to uh, focus a little bit on what's going on uh, back in our lovely old southwest. Um, so, Ben continues his diligent work updating all the events, which is great. So, we'll have a look through, see what's going on over the next couple of weeks. Don't forget, please do contact us. You can get to us through Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, of course. Uh, we also have the, the two... The two peas podcast at gmail.com as an email address if you want to send over any information yeah, you about can that. Access that by the website as well. So yeah, it's forms on that. And also it's worth saying that whilst um we you know we like to talk about events in the local area in the southwestern UK, we know you guys are listening all over the place, which is really good of you. So we'll we'll put anything up. Yeah. Won't we? Absolutely. Well anything <laughs> anything Warhammer related, you know, the 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 Fr- froom cricket ch- schools and stuff. Cricket schools maybe not. The Froom Cheese Show. I'm tempted to start yeah, promoting. Cool. So I quite like cheese, but um, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Yeah, we'll do a cheese episode. Uh, we've done quite a lot of food. Really. Yeah, that's true. Very full. Right. Anyway, on to uh, on to some events, then, mate. Well, should we? Uh, following on from last podcast, we were talking about um, painters or hobby. Or podcasters or bloggers that we uh, wanted to give shout outs to on the podcast mm-hmm. um, so this this week um, I'd like to give a shout out to Rodrigo Acora I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong dude but uh, he's a painter on who posts a lot on Instagram and um, I, we first came across him painting the Shadespire um, Chaos Dudes from the, the starts kit He's really, really nice non-metamatics and really, really nice skin tone. So it immediately caught my eye, um, and I'm just a huge fan of his um, of his style. Actually, so the most recent one he's done is uh, a corn, one of the new corn chaps from the uh, what they're called, big armored dudes. And back to that again, from the shades by Marvel's fiends. Yeah, them. Um, that chap with a kind of green theme to him, and I really like that. Um, doing something different. So, if you haven't heard of him before, I'd check him out because he, he does some really superb stuff and really interesting colours as well. So, orcs and pinks and blues, and, um, and just adding in colours that you wouldn't think to use quite a lot of the time. So, I'm a really big fan. And bloggers, you have. Um, Mentioned a chap on our Facebook page. Who, did you saw the the Devil and Mud? Oh, of course, yeah, Paul. Yeah, Paul is doing um, too much Devlin. So he is blogging about his hobby adventures. Um, last month he did thirty days of painting miniatures. Th- well, thirty models in a month. It was thirty models in thirty days, which he did. Um, he's painting hordes of zombies now. What's really cool um, is Paul paints. A range of things from across a range of ranges with a range of products. I think he's using a load of coat the arms paints at the moment. I meant to have a look. So, um, really worth following. Very, very passionate. Um, it was fantastic. When I worked in Bath Games Workshop with Paul, 
and we had an absolute whale of a time working together. Um, really, really great guy. So definitely worth following. Following that, he's he's on Facebook for certain. Um, I think he's also on Instagram and Twitter, probably. But yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, well, it's definitely on Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, really worth following. Um, although I would. You know, I would disagree with him and say I don't think you could ever have too much Devlan. No, it's a shame it's gone. Um, yeah. It's a, bit, it is a real shame. It should have been a stockpile. Typhus corrosion, if you get the bits out, is an ace wish. Yeah. You love those technicals, don't you? I do. I'm so them. passionate about those technicals. So those are two kind of um, podcasters, bloggers, as it were, um, for, the, for, for the week. And so we should move on to the calendar. So, again, so it's a really busy time of the year, isn't it? I mean, this weekend is phenomenal, really. South Coast GT, Legionary. Legionary looks like it's going really well. Um, the, the Curtain have done some stuff um, there, which has been really cool. Some events that I hope went well. Um, and Shades of Chaos have been demonstrating Outlands, and that looked really good as well. Um, it's quite good to see Ross getting beaten up by a child in the photograph today. That was quite excellent. Um, <laughs> South Coast GT. I haven't seen anything about that. I've been so focused on Warhammer Fest that I haven't seen any pictures from that. But that's always a corker. Um, so, guys, I hope that went well. If you went for that, I'd love to hear about it. So please, please, please send us stuff. So coming up, we have um, the London GT next week. Which, oh, um, is a big one. Is going to be the um, well, they want to make it the Adepticon of the United Kingdom, which would be wicked. Um, and it sounds like they've pretty much got something going for every game system: Inquisitor, um, Gorkamorka, anything they can think of. Um, they had the um, Mario Kart kind of game there last time, which they did a Spider Man. Um, so that's pretty cool, and. If you don't know them, uh, Sustained Fire, which is a podcast in Plymouth, they are going in force and they hosted their armies today. Looks really, really good. Yeah, Andy's chaos look fantastic. I love the fact that he's done another set of Eldrakes. Yeah. This time time they're a Nurgle, so it's a Nurgle army. So, yeah, South Coast GT. Uh, London GT, sorry. So, otherwise, there is uh, a Curtain Blood Bowl game, which is... Maybe we should go to that band, because I'm super excited about Blood Bowl at the moment. Um, so, uh, the following weekend, 25th 26th, is the Warhammer 40k campaign weekend of Warhammer World. That's a follow-on from what we did. Really? What the service uh, Yeah, I really had hoped to go to that, but two weekends away in one month just isn't fair, really. No. Um, you know, got to uh, spend some time at home. Um, there's also the weekend after the UK Games Expo. So um, certainly I'm planning to go up on Sunday, just want to have a look around, see what's there. Um, Games Watch were going this year, so that would be interesting uh, to see what they show off. Be interesting, really, to see if there's anything new to show off after so much has been shown. You see more about the whiskers mm. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's all up there. Yeah, so that that's why it's quite quite interesting to go. You've gone a bit ahead of yourself. Yeah, but I'm 
I'm just reading out one scene. Okay, so on the 20th of May, going back two weeks from this, so uh, following on from Curtin's um, uh, Blood Bowl tournament, you have on the following day uh, Bristol uh, War Games Club are doing a tabletop sale, and there's the Pandemic Regional. So, Pandemic is a game, and that's being held at Curtin Games too. So, I don't know, but I've never played Pandemic. Have you seen any of that? No. No. It's also the curtain has become a hub. Yeah, yeah, doing those. Stuff. So um, we've been to visit Curtain since um, since we last spoke. Um, fantastic venue, really, really cool. I love the ceiling. I know that sounds weird, but I just love the sort of yoldy feel of the yeah. ceiling. Yeah. Uh, and they're getting some banners done as well, which which fit that theme. The tables are really well constructed, and there's a real passion to get the scenery up together and yeah. to get it built, scratch built. And looking nice and suitable amounts of it for all the events. Um, the store is quite well stocked as well, but very nice. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where it's a bit like we said about Big, um, when I was speaking about there, you know, they're starting the place and they're constantly looking to improve it and work yeah. on it and get yeah. it better. So really encourage you guys, if you are in the area able to get there, go to some of these events because it all helps and it continues to grow what is a fantastic hub and resource. Um, especially because, you know, especially, oh, it sound, probably sounds funny to our, our American listeners where there is actually real distance between places, but in, um, round Crediton where they are, mm. you know, you can imagine hobbies are quite spread out. Yeah. And to have a hub where they can come together is really, really important. So supporting it to keep it there. Yeah. Really, really key. So, they're doing their side of it, I suppose, by investing in um, the venue and putting on the events. It'd be really good if people do their, you know, do their side of it as well by going there, supporting them, um, you know, going along to the events, mm. giving feedback as well, telling people about it. So, yeah, really good if you're in that area um, or a little bit further afield, you know. It's oh, a nice place. Well, people come down from... Um Way less to do to play an Age of Sigma tournament. Yeah. On the on Age of Sigma tournaments, they have an Age of Sigma tournament, Blood Death and Vengeance on the 26th of May, which is the following weekend, and the same weekend as the Tenebris follow on. Yeah. Um, so that's the 26th and 27th is the Tenebris follow on. We really enjoyed the Tenebris event, actually. I don't know if there's still, probably isn't going to be tickets for that, that one coming up we're talking about now. Even if probably there was, still. I can't go to. No, I mean for like people listening. Oh, I see. But I mean, they're really good events. It was incredibly well run, and the scenery was great. Um, and there's a really nice atmosphere. And I know it sounds daft, but sometimes you can go to events and it can feel really jobs worth. Mm-hmm. But they were just so energised and going around the tables and talking to people and bringing the energy level up that it was a really fun event. So. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to go on to the follow-up for that, but it's exactly like you said, we can't do too many in one month. And then like Dan has said, the UK Games Expo, which is going to be interesting. Look what they're going to bring out there. So there's a couple of Friday night um, stuff going on at Games Workshop Truro, which they post stuff as well. So there's um, Age of Sigma... Um, events happening every, I think it's going to be every Friday night. Yeah. 
for the next couple of weeks. So worth going on um, their Facebook page and having a ganders. And probably last thing I looked at, like Vanquish 2018. It was on the same weekend as the Games Expo. Do you know much about Vanquish? No, I don't, which is strange because I... Run by Bristol Vanguard? Yeah, so I know Bristol Vanguard... Um, I know of Bristol Vanguard and they run some good uh, and fairly large events and they have an excellent set sets of War Games terrain. That's something I, I do know. Um, but other than that, I don't know a great deal. So maybe it's something I should put some research into being in Bristol. Um, no, but lots of people go along. Um, and I think, what's, have you got the venue there? Is it, is it big? Um, no, I'm in the second round, Bristol 2018. Sorry, guys. Bristol Vanguard, Vanquish. Uh, oh, yeah, I think it is big. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it, it is. It is a big, yeah. So, Bristol and Bennett Gaming. So, yeah, no so chance to go there. Player, that's a really big event for there. Yeah. Southwest. Yeah, absolutely worth doing. Yeah. So, that rattles our way through. Um, it's difficult to keep up like we said before, with, with you know, so many awesome events. So if you are running an event, we know that there's loads of venues out there. It's easier for us to keep up with the varied venues like Terror Games, Curtain, Big, um, Mad for Miniatures, they're, they're, and um, Barb's in Redbury. The, the events for um, venues is reasonably easy because you guys, thank you, post your events up quite regularly. But if you're a club and you're running an event, Sometimes that can be a bit harder to pick up, so please let us know. Because mm. we really want to keep the calendar up to date, because those people give us good feedback about it, and we know people are looking at it. Um, so it also helps you guys plan good weekends to have your events on, when no one else is doing things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. We'll now move on to the community, and we'll, bring the, we'll get the guys back We're in. We're in the community. Oh, and so. You tell us. What is going on? Go on to the wilds. So, we shall go into the wilds. We'll go and grab the guys, bring them back in, chat about some wild stuff. Woo! And go there. And go there. Definitely. Cheers, guys. See you in the wilds. Born to be wild. Is there something on the floor over there? Two. Yeah. Good. I was worried that you were just in a stupor. One. <laughs> what? <laughs> just raises more questions. Ha! <laughs> 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 um, hi. Welcome back to Instawads. And um, we're going to fill it fill with a little bit of... Um, Middle Earth, and a little bit of a new card game that we tried today. Um, so which, which one should we do first? Middle Earth. Middle Earth. So we went to the Middle Earth seminar today, and um, one of the things I was really excited about is how much energy there was for Middle Earth. In a game system that has effectively been, I don't want to say it 
too strongly, but it has really been dead, hasn't it, for a number of years. Until two years ago, they started to really invigorate it with the team, which you were talking when, about. When Adam took over yeah, the team. Yeah, when Adam took over. Yeah. Um, and now you, they, they start to get little bits of stuff. And then we've recently had the Middle Earth Battle Companies, which we've been tinkering with in the Hobbling Gaming Group and really loved. The, the scenario is excellent. If you haven't seen them, guys, it is a really good narrative um, set of scenarios in there. So it's going to, I think it's going to be wicked. Um, but now I feel like I feel like something huge about to happen. I know they've hinted that they're going to be a new wall book, but I think it's going to be more than that. I don't think we're going to see a plastic box set, but I think we're going to see a lot of lot of Lord of the Rings coming up with. Because they, def- they definitely didn't give away many vibes of a plastic box set today. No, I think from what Adam was trying to be quite clear, the fact that they can't do, they just don't have the capability to do everything all at once. So they're going to be working through it. They did talk a lot about Pelennor Fields. We saw some of the miniatures today. Yeah. The new Knights of Dolan Roth. Oh, wow. And I echo, yeah, Adam was really clearly passionate about Knights of Dolan. To be fair, he was passionate about it all. And it's really nice to know that the guy there doing it, he, he genuinely has a real knowledge of the oh, subject. He loves it. And he loves it. Yeah. And But the Knights of Dolan Roth on foot just look incredible. I love the characters for me were the ones that really, really caught my That eye. tall guy. Thingy the tall. Thingy the tall, thingy yeah. The tall. Thingy the tall. He was cool. <laughs> we'll look that up. There's yeah. five of us in the room. One of us will know that, surely. Um, um, with the and thingy, thingy the shield. He was also cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thingy the shield. So the guy who is the captain of the great perimeter wall that you don't see in the film, but read in the book, um, shield up, sword over the top, a pose that I really love in models because it looks really combaty, like that the guy knows what they're doing when they're fighting. So I re- I like that a lot. But the the sword, the thingy, the tool. Um, it named not on the website. <laughs> is it not? Oh, that's a shame. Uh, it's probably on there. Um. His models, because they've done one of him on foot and one of him on the horse. The he is tall. They're saying that his sword is the same height as a normal person, which is astonishing, really. Um, and I love the pose as well. It's a bit. It's not like any of the Lord of the Rings poses we've seen yet. I don't think. No, you can see they said, didn't they, that it's their designers' first steps into digital, and if it's just first goes, they are. They're brilliant. First going digital design. And you can see Here the, the movement they're going to put into mm-hmm. them. Yeah, but he's, he looks like a warden. So he's the gate warden. He's the one who lets people into the city. And he looks like... Um, oh, my days. You can tell it's the middle of the night. The god from uh, Thor. Heimdall. Ah, okay. He's yeah, standing yeah. on the rainbow bridge with the, the big sword. Like, no, you're not coming in. Sorry. So I really like that. Really like him. I really like the um, the orc characters, the Mordor ones, the front that they take them from the films. They look so good. Yeah, they look perfectly like the ones in the films. Yeah, don't they, they do. Especially the one with the head on the head. Yeah, I can't remember what they called his name. Was he? Was he the? No, the other one's the enforcer. Yeah, they're not. Um, they're, they're not allowed to name because of rights. <laughs> which is just irritating, isn't it? Uh, they were Gurix mm. and Gothmog's enforcer. Yeah, Gurits. So, one of the, what they were basically saying is that they're now returning to Lord of the Rings, having sort of done the Hobbit for the time being, 
and they're fleshing out the big things that they wanted, they did, they didn't get to do. So a really interesting thing that they were saying is the first time they'd seen the Mummer kill um, War Chief was when they went to the cinema to watch the film. So Games Watch didn't even know that that character existed. Um, they probably would have done a model for it, but they didn't. Um, and so they're, they're now able to go back and flesh out Helena Fields and flesh out Helm's Deep sounds like the next one of them. Yeah, they talked about that a lot, didn't they? And Osgiliath. Osgiliath was mentioned a few times. I can't think they might have done ruins for it. Like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what they were talking about. <laughs> it was interesting because I don't think you're the only one. Because in that, when the questions were being asked, there were a number of questions relating to scenery yeah. and, and theme. And, and I'm not surprised because actually, right from its start, I remember in the very first Lord of the Rings rule book, there were some really lovely maps of the scenarios you were playing and a big yeah. part of scenarios, especially story-driven scenarios, is the setting. Yeah. So it would be really nice to see a few more things. Like I'm because on being back is... Yes. Yeah, yeah that's thing. great. And you, Lord of the Rings is a smaller scale than the other games. Yeah. And there isn't a load of terrain crossover. No. Um, so it would be nice to see. Well, ironically, well, there is in reverse. As in... The house, Fisherman's House, yes, is really good for just about any fancy game you want to play. Yeah, it would be nice well, even if they just did some <coughs> Hobbit House fronts, all all of the Rohan buildings. Mind yeah. you, one of the things I loved about the Lord of the Rings books is that every one of them told you how to make the scenery. Yes, yeah, so, yes, because yeah. yeah, those three yeah. original books, you could build anything you want. It, one of them had the full build, had to do a, to scale Helm's Deep in. So. We all just paused. And Somebody did though, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, just one of the games days. It was there, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it Dad's and his family did it, and then they got it on show at Games Day? I seem to remember that. Well, one of the things that I picked up listening to him talk about the captains was that one of the criticisms they had with the Hobbit was Legolas being like super Legolas, so he was. Harder than the previous situations of Legolas, even though he was younger. If that makes any sense. Which which shouldn't have happened. And they've now retconned that, you know, they've gone back and they've changed the rules to bring them all back in line. But when they were talking about captains, and they had, he had a very clear idea of where the characters were at, didn't he? He even had sort of like a captain level rule, and this is where this guy's going to sit, and this is where that guy's going to sit. So I just feel like. They've got it by the scrap of the neck and they're going to drive it forward and, and create something really awesome with it. So I'm hoping to see a little bit more tomorrow. But you could just go and talk to Adam about it. I think if you get him so excited, he'll tell you what's going on anyway. <laughs> There's a few times then he just had to check with Tony, what can I say? <laughs> One thing you did say that I liked a lot, he was trying to make it easy and convenient for people to play games mm. in just about any setting of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So if you if you're expecting terrain, I'd say expect it to be quite modular for the gamer. Yeah, they can have a box and bring it out and put on a table. Rather than those, because we watched that video of making the the palisade wall for um, the Golden Hall. You know, don't remember the name of the Golden Hall, but that's a beautiful board and it's a great video. 
But that's a lot of shelf space, really, isn't it? You, you can't put that in a box. It's not a gamer's board. It's a, it's a display board. And really, Lord of the Rings has always suffered a little bit from that. But if you want to make Ammon Hen or Weathertop or Pelham or Field, they're probably, probably the easier one, but so the walls have been as tearing. That's a lot of effort to make that and make it feel like the film, because people want that to look exactly like the film. Whereas if you get the modular terrain right, you can you don't need to. You don't need to. So exciting times for Lord of the Rings. Another thing is it kind of caught me by surprise. I know mean, they're talking about a card game for Age of Sigma, and I kind of thought it was just going to be combat cards, Mark II. I don't know what you guys thought it was going to be, but today we played it. Is was this the first time I'd even heard of it? Was when we walked over to it. Really? Yeah. yeah I didn't. I hadn't aware of doing it, and then I didn't realise it was going to be a third party company as well. Who was it? Something fusion. Yeah, some fusion games. Play I think fusion. What was interesting? Yeah, there you go. yeah play fusion. This um, a collectible card game, and there's so many of them out that the minute I thought it was going to be quite dull. Yeah, and mechanics I've seen before, but actually they had a really simple rotation mechanic that was brand new and just hooked me in straight away. And I was just like, I could see myself playing a lot. I liked the rotation mechanic because you could see something building up. Yeah. Like the, the magic missile yeah. was no damage, no damage, seven. And you could see him getting nervous. I'm trying to work out what I was going to do about it. <laughs> so what, does the, what, does, what happens when you rotate your card? So, you... so a different thing happens every turn, effectively. So in the corner, it tells you what happens. So damage-wise, for example, with the magic missile, it had X, which means nothing. X, which means nothing. In every corner of the card. And then yeah. seven. And every turn, you rotate... 90 degrees, so you can oh, turn the 90 cool. degrees and whatever's in the top left, it does that. So when Ben played it, I knew I'd in three turns time I was taking seven points of damage yeah. and just trying to rotate my cards through enough that I could deal with it and in the end I couldn't. And you, your deck obviously was the deck they'd given you, mm. but you could build a deck, hopefully, where you could find a way of countering that. So, so that's played... You could use some kind of magic dissipation. Yeah. Or... That one for it was a generic one because that one was in my deck as well. I just didn't get it till later on. So, and there's going to be four factions. Well, that's what we've talked about. So the the four ages of my factions: order, chaos, death, and destruction. Um, it, it's going to have booster packs. I'd really like to play space. So there's going to be mm. a paper one in the box set, and that neoprene one is going to be something you can buy with an add-on. But it's excellent because it's got. All little pointers and stuff yeah. down the, the sides down of the roads. Yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, I really enjoyed it. I've I sat down very sceptical because I enjoy playing Magic the Gathering, but I stopped because it is a bit like the cardboard crack. <laughs> it is because you're constantly having to buy the new stuff to remain competitive and you end up just sort of sitting there with the little four packets and going, oh, I have I got a a rare card, a legend card. Yeah, that's what puts me off because I think we've said that uh, it's, we're already into every part a Games Workshop can offer yeah. and trying to keep up with that and we're yeah. really that. And then adding the card game in as well is just something else to try and keep up with. It almost combat cards is the ideal solution because it is a deck of cards. Play within five minutes. Yeah, that you can yeah. keep in your bag. This, I think... Well, I, I think this is more about attracting other kinds of players. I think they're looking at 
your Magic players, yeah. your I think he used the example of Yu-Gi-Oh players and things like that. Yeah. So how long did a game take to play? We didn't know what we were doing and it's finished inside half an hour. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I'm thinking that maybe it isn't like a big thing I have to spend lots of time on. It's something I can get the app on my tablet and yeah, I can play, you can play if it. I've got 10 yeah. minutes or 20 minutes and then I can just play a quick sort of game in that time and then not have to think, oh, it's my hobby night. Yeah. Am I going to play the card game? I can still carry on playing Age of Sigma I think and then do that card game in my spare time. The problem with the app would be I don't know who I'm going to play against. So with the card game, I can play against you with starter decks. I might play against... Billy Bob, who's brought 20,000 <laughs> booster packs, built like the net deck, and I've just got started deck A. But then most. And then first turn, he's just like. With matching things on apps, it's usually they do it in some kind of level system, so you'll play someone similar to you. So it's going to. I didn't know anything about the app. So the app, so if you, every card that you've got, you can scan in yeah. and it automatically goes onto your database. And, and the monsters have a little summoning. Oh, yeah. that's um, wicked. Um, that is, when we really when we go in tomorrow, yeah. the screen next to it shows it. Yeah, the avatars as well. Yeah, yeah. So then it becomes whenever you have twenty so minutes, cool. you can play a game. Yeah, and then if everyone has the app, then you can play against each other. Because we all or... need more excuse to stare at our phone. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're in a bad tournament, <laughs> get <a> game done. <laughs> <laughs> I need one of them for AOS. What <laughs> app? No, the ability to just scroll through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we see anything else kicked around today? Out on the peripheries? Um, we saw Chaos Leggings, yeah. which it would be a crime against humanity for me to wear, so I wouldn't go ahead and those. I, I still think you should. Try and make me, uh, <laughs> I'm quite that. keen on the... Because they have like American football or hockey like type jerseys. jerseys with the Lehman Russ kind of armour. I think leggings for charity. <laughs> no. Everyone puts a pound in. How many listeners have you got? Is this like, you can raise a bit of money for charity. Every, for, for all the people that were helped, there would be a number of people. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. We, yeah, we could start a, a fund where people can pay to have you with the leggings and people can pay to not have you with the leggings and they can compete against each other. Yeah. And <laughs> see how much charity. money we raise. There we go. Oh, be super. I'd be up for that for charity. That would be quite. And buy you a pair tomorrow, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, There's new Warhammer Quest End Times app. That looks really, really good. It is really good. That looks yeah, really good. It's only, he said it's only six pounds or eight pounds. Yeah. And that's like a region, and you have to pay more for each region. But it's yeah. really nice, actually. Yeah. You get a good few hours out of each region. I've played quite a bit. I really enjoy it. It's oh, really good. Old World Sigma. Old world. Because it's, it's the end time, so it's going into Age of Sigma. So if they do another one, it might be. So you feel sad playing a bunch of heroes and think they're heroic, but actually it's all going to go to poop. And you this, say, I get a little bit of enjoyment out of it. <laughs> <laughs> all of this so is in vain. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you do, you're going to be crushed. Um, was, was the more time game there? More time. Yeah, more time. And there was a more time app. I've been game. playing a bit of that app lately. That looks really good. It is really good. Yeah. And you can, you can bash out a game in one time in no time yeah. in that. And you I can really play other people, with play AI. PlayStation game. It's fiddly, yeah. isn't it? Um, Deathwing was getting geared up for a console release. Yeah, there's quite a few, a lot of yeah. interest in that. Yeah. They've like, a lot of people finally got it working properly, Deathwing. So. 
go around in a space hulk. Executing them. Yeah, yeah, it is, but they're bringing it onto console. um, They're doing the remastered special edition for consoles. At the comic book stand, which you went out of the cup? I did, and I picked up um, by Nick Kime the Blood Bowl comic, More Guts, More Glory. And it looks wicked. Flicked over the first page earlier, and it's already got the Blood Bowl humour that I really, really like. Hmm. I can't show the picture because it's not television, but it's That's a very good picture. Nuffles Nards is that it's oh dear Nuffles Nards. That's a new new curse phrase. But that's really cool. I quite I really like the um, the comics actually they've done the the, the Dark Angel ones. Um, Will of Iron. I just bought that on my phone. Did you get refund? No. Oh. Because I don't have enough room to have them all. <laughs> Unless I'm not through to the house next door. Sort of take over their front room. Awesome. Ultimate gaming tables. Oh, gaming yeah, tables. they were cool. They were cool. I, I wasn't so interested in the table as I was the gubbins. Mm. So like the, the hanging over the edge bits. And yeah, I like that. You know it was built for Americans just by the size of the cup holders. That <laughs> 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 was ridiculous. Yes, our American listeners, you guys have massive cups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quite. Oh. There's actually a smart-looking jumper as well. A smart-looking Warhammer jumper where it's just like the equivalent. Oh, and yeah, that was nice, wasn't you it? You parading around in your full Games Workshop get-up. Yeah, looking like Lehman Russ. Yeah. It's a bit gaudy. That's probably the only thing that's put me up a bit. I can only really wear it to a... It is. Insane. (laughs) 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 Can you imagine that? Ben, Ben, are you ready? Are you ready? You're coming downstairs. (laughs) No. I have have a look at those, though. Because I quite like the idea of something. The problem is with the equilibrium equal that small is that then people kind of look at it and like, is that the equal? So they end up getting closer and closer until they. But you know, <laughs> someone's going to see it and just be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it would burn him. Yeah. Yeah, I'd put that on and then just Emily. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, there we go. That's our little middle of Warhammer Fest rant, ramble. Yeah. So, um, Thank you for joining us for episode 23. Um, it's been very, very exciting and I'm sure we'll touch again on everything we've discussed as it actually comes out and we've got it in our hands, uh, especially Titanicus yeah. and Age of Sigma. And probably the Necromunda stuff because you are you love that. I do. Global stuff. Yeah, probably all of it. Yeah. But especially yeah. Titanicus. Yeah, especially. Yeah. Great. So, um, it's been emotional. Um, not going to lie. We're exhausted. Probably just going to fall off this uh, bed that I'm sat on in a minute and just fall on to sleep on the floor in assignment. Um, <laughs> you can, I'm as not ever... I'm you up and putting you on the bed. No, you yeah. don't have to. That's fine. I think, to be honest, you need some kind of insurance to cover your back if you try to pick me up. <laughs> so, um, as ever, Facebook, Twitter... Instagram. Instagram. Mail. Email. Email. At the two keys... <laughs> Is that at the two piece or at two piece podcast? At the two piece podcast. At the two piece podcast. So you can podcast. tell me to do any of it, can you? Whoa! 
Look, come on, you can't say that on here. Why not? Well, because up until then they thought I did some. <laughs> <laughs> and I do some. I pop up every now and then to make a ridiculous chaos quote or poke fun at you. That's true. It's true. It's true. So, thank you very much. Put down the refreshments and uh, and probably go to bed. What's the drive in the car? Don't go to bed. <laughs> 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 we'll see you next time, guys. Cheers, guys. <laughs>